Also, did you know that it is uh, Misato Monday? I don't. That's a thing on Reddit. Uh, that's great. That's nice. I don't. That's nice, I... honey. Why mm-hmm. back on make that might cost more than a ton. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. Welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. Do you have the news pulled up yet? I do. Happy Masada Monday. It's not even Monday. Bro, he, pu- Monday. he pulled up. <laughs> In a new buga. <laughs> In a buga da gupa. In a new buga da. In a new baba gupa. Mama. Ooh, ooh, ooh. A, a booby gaga. A booby gaga. <laughs> He's at the drive through at Burger King. His his cop brain just came in. <laughs> Shut up. It's the cop stash. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, all three of us are present. Finally. It's been... Two weeks. A couple of weeks. You know, the way it do. We are here to present the news. That's why we have no clothes on. You can tell because... Oh, wow. You put our names on beside all of Yeah! Them. I like that. You gave me small ones. Thank you, Dad. I used to do that, you know. I remember doing that. No, and it never no. worked well. I swear you've never done that. I'm reading the first one. Do it. ROM. All caps. R-O-M. ROM. The Space Knight was a toy made by Parker Brothers that Marvel got the rights to and made a bunch of comics about. IDW IDW Publishing eventually got the rights from Marvel. Hasbro eventually got the rights from Parker Brothers, and now Marvel has the rights again. And their first move is to release an omnibus. An facsimile edition of 1979's ROM number one. The ROM omnibus collects issues one through 29 of ROM's original 1979 run and Power Man and Iron Fist from 1978, number 73. New omnibus. It kind of looks cool. It looks cool. Despite being product placement. I don't know, man. One of our favorite stuff is just product placement. I mean, speak for yourself. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You have nowhere to stand, Mr. Copstash. Anyways, Damn. um... No, no argument? No argument. <laughs> no, no argument. Uh, DC announced that they're releasing Nort's Illustrated Swimsuit Edition on August 29th. For those who don't know, Nort is a Green Lantern. Huh. Comicbook.com says the 48-page one-shot will collect some of the best swimsuit covers from recent years of DC Comics a trend that officially began with a string of variant comics in 2022. That's funny that you gave me the swimsuit one and didn't even pull up a fucking picture for it in the Thank email. Thank you. It began with a G-string. You've been waiting to say that for, for like four days. Months now. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to this in a slightly not horny way. Because oh, yeah, sure. I said slightly not horny. <laughs> um, DC and Marvel haven't done swimsuit editions in quite a while, so this is interesting. It's not going to be wholly original. They've right, that's done... what I was disappointed about, was that it collects issues, covers that have already come out. It it's... makes it feel slightly less, like, dirty, girly mag, though, yeah, if it's true. already existing covers. It's just, like, variant covers that they're collecting. It's something. True. From comicbook.com, Marvel has revealed the creative team that are taking over for Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto on Daredevil. Their celebrated run on Daredevil comes to an end in August, and they will be followed by a new volume of Daredevil kicking off the following month in September. From writer Saladin Ahmed and artist Aaron Cooter. Um, I'm super excited for this. I have no familiarity with either of these people from any of my knowledge, Mm. and I like that. I want some new, fresh shit. Despite Chip 
and 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 Marco doing such a, a fantastic job with Daredevil. It it is it's been like time four to years. move on. Yeah. Apparently the 2022 relaunch hasn't been going super hot, so it definitely makes sense that they're trying to uh nudge them yeah. in a different direction. Yes. Yes. Uh, a lot of weird things happen in the world of X-Men all the time, but here's one for you. There is a god of all mutants, and his name is Beast. Through weird time travel shenanigans, Beast is an evolved villain now, and that's kind of cool. I um, included a picture of him being all evolved and being a big, mean um, god beast of all god. I kind of hate it. I kind of hate, 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 hate it. it. I hate it. I hate it. I, can't, I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it. It looks really gross. Not a fan. It's, I. It's weird. As a Berserk fan, I love uh, fucked up looking monsters that make me squeamish because I'm so horny. Are you um, saying you like it or no? Yeah, I, I oh, like it. Okay. Because it's just fucking weird. And also, I don't know, I, I like it when we have uh, characters that we've known for years in like DC or Marvel and then they do like some weird looking shit. Like this, at least, especially when it comes to gods and stuff, I just enjoy that. I know Spencer's not going to like it, but I might give it a look. This seems like <clears throat> it. Sh on the outside, it seems like it should have been a what if issue of like, what if Beast went Joker mode? Yeah, I would agree on that. It's kind of weird. I I don't know. Mer. Exclusive from Deadline dot com. Spencer's PP is hard because I included this in the news that I. Assembled. Wow. Disney begins the third round of planned layoffs. The initial wave began on March 27th when Bob Iger confirmed the plan for three rounds of layoffs as the company looks to reduce its workforce by about 7,000 employees. So, the first round I couldn't find numbers on. The second round was 2,500 people, and the third round is 4,000 people. Um, so, unless that first round was 500 people, it's more than the promised 7,000 people because I can do math. Two, uh, the article I was reading was like, this is to be expected because of the writer's strike, and that's bullshit because this was announced back in March 27th, <clears throat> and that was long before the writer's strike. So maybe the writer's strike fed into it, expanding beyond the original plan. It's fairly likely. But it was not caused. Which is, in fact, by illegal. You, right. you, in fact, cannot fire people for unionizing or yes. striking. So yes. that's cool. Not like that's a surprise. Disney did film part of the Mulan live-action movie next to concentration camps in China. So. I've been waiting for that to come what? up often. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah, so China has been having an ongoing uh, a literal genocide of, uh, of a type of Muslim people uh, in, in China. It, you can just look up like the Uyghur Muslim genocide. It's an ongoing thing, and uh, there are literal like death camps in China. The fuck and Mulan filmed right next, like to it. like a couple of miles away from it. So what it, it the was a fuck? yeah yeah it's really cool. Uh, Star Trek Resurgence launched this Tuesday, uh, May twenty third. It was created by Dramatic Labs. From their website, Dramatic Labs is an independent collaboration of twenty plus former Telltale writers, developers, designers, artists, and producers. So Jacob gave me this one as homework, and I went and did about two seconds of research into it. Basically, it's a Telltale game. Yeah, obviously, right. Um, That's why. I so your favorite. That, yes. That's why I included the description from their website, because it's literally Telltale Part 2. <laughs> mm, yes, it's like my half-guilty pleasure, half-unironic pleasure. 
Um, it takes place shortly after uh, The Next Generation. It is not like plot relevant to any of the series or anything else or any other games. It's just its own standalone story. And apparently, uh, Frakes is returning as Riker for a cameo. Uh, I'm glad that it has nothing to do with like the current Star Trek TV show stuff. Yes. That it doesn't seem happy. like a lot of the video games right now do. They've been putting out a lot of games lately. Um, and it doesn't seem to have any bearing on anything else. It's on another ship. I don't remember what the name of the ship was. It's just some other vessel doing another adventure, which is nice. It seems like a really good idea, though. Like, tell us about making warm... a Star Trek game. Yes. It's getting a pretty warm uh, reception so far as well. Even from an outsider's point of view who does not really care for Telltale games or even Star Trek... I understand what Telltale is like, so that does seem kind of like a good put together. It almost kind of reminds me of, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't really know these games or something like that, but it kind of reminds me of Mass Effect in a way. Yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I, I know you have conversations with people and then like, you there's a lot of politics yeah. conversations yeah. in Mass Effect. Yeah. So like, it kind of sounds like it may be like a deluded version of I don't know. Sort of. I'm not yeah. trying to diss them. I'm just saying I recognize. Yeah. No, there's some structural kind of similarities. Telltale games are like all conversational paths, and Mass Effect games are like maybe 25%. But yeah, it's like the same kind of base mechanics, which okay. makes sense. Because Mass Effect is very Star Trek esque. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm That's what I, I, I figured. Yeah. So, okay. From comicbook.com, Dark Horse Comics is releasing. Uh, deluxe editions of Trigun and Trigun Maximum. According to Dark Horse, Yashiro uh, Naito's manga is getting a hardcover deluxe edition in early December. It will be followed by a hardcover deluxe edition of Trigun Maximum, and the sequel will drop in April 2024. At this time, no price point has dropped for the editions, but Dark Horse Comics has released these deluxe manga editions in the past. Most notably, Berserk has been gifted its own collection, and each volume costs between forty to fifty dollars USD. Um, so, so this is why you asked me what I think of Trigun, right? Yes. Okay. So I thought you were going to get into it. That's I why I didn't know anything about it, and I was like, "Do you even care about talking about this or no?" And then you were like, "Yes, start at the beginning. Don't watch this. Don't read the manga. Start with the anime." No. No. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. So what I said was start with the old anime, don't do the new one because it's a little different. So I'm not, uh, I'm, I am a new fan of Trigun. I have not finished the series. Um, uh, I just recently got into it. Wait, what series have you not finished? Uh, the old one. Anime. Yes. Okay. So I haven't read any of the manga, but um, I recently got introduced to it like in the past couple years or so by a co-worker and it was really interesting and um the, the couple episodes that i have watched it's it's good stuff so to see that we're getting um some deluxe editions of trigon um in the near future will be nice because usually if i really like an anime i want the manga so i am actually quite excited for this i don't know shit about fuck about trigon so yeah. generally in one sentence what is it about uh, Trigon is about uh, a bounty on a man who everyone is saying destroyed and uh, all these cities and massacred many people in doing so. But it is just about a man who is also possibly half angel um, just wanting to live his life. Dude, that means his mom got to fuck an angel. Dude, that's insane. Or his dad. Ooh! Um, 
Yeah, but I think the they're using. You the know, for a fact, it was a female angel. They're they're using like the word angel loosely, as far as I'm aware. Like how Evangelion is. Wow. Yeah. Foreshadowing, are you? Maybe. Wood. <laughs> Wood. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't fuck an angel, like like in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Is that what it was? No. <laughs> what city was that? Yeah, they're they're trying to fuck angels. I'm aware. <coughs> this wanted to make you know they got wrong. smited for that, right? Well, I mean, it was because they were trying to rape an angel, but yeah, uh, they got smote. Of course, you would know about Smooted. this story. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I would. <coughs> From comicbook.com, ahead of the launch of the new series, DC Comics has released the first couple previews for Batman: The Brave and the Bold, number one. The new anthology series will feature multiple stories from several fan-favorite creators with Tom King and Mitch Gerads reuniting for a new title. Fans of King's work in DC should be anticipating this new one, which was previously described as a horrifying four-part retelling of the first bloody clash between the Joker and the Batman. Titled The Winning Card, the story is... A tale of loathing, lies, and laughter. This may be the most frightening Joker story in a generation. Set to be released this week, DC's new Batman, The Brave and the Bold, will include three other stories for fans. I'm so fucking excited for this. Really? Yeah, dude. It's it's Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Those two, like, the, they create, like, my favorite comics, pretty much. Like, uh... Mr. Miracle. Um, there's also the the Riddler, uh, One Bad Day. Batman, One Bad Day, Riddler, number one. Um, but, like, M- Mitch Gerards and Tom-, Tom King are just fantastic together. I no- agree. Nothing about the Raven, the Bold, though? Well, no, that's why I'm excited. I'm excited about this. Hmm. I think it's cool to have another anthology book, but also it's all Batman and... That's like the fourth Batman anthology ongoing. Please stop. There's I so don't many. care. There's Tom so King and Mitch Gerard, so fuck off. I didn't say the story's bad. I think the book is a bad idea. You're the stupid. story looks fantastic. You're stupid and gay. They're gonna, as always, they're gonna start off really strong with the best story they have, and then by about the tenth issue, it'll fall off and no one will read it anymore, and then they'll relaunch it with a new name again. Well, will it have the same artists and... No, because it's an anthology. That's the point. Oh yeah, Dumb. you goofball. Well, I'm excited for the issue that they're going to be a part of. So I, yes. I am as well. I'll probably wait a while to pick it up, but at some point I'll definitely read it. I gave Spencer a big chunky one. I tried to clip out like all the important bits from the really long interview. So here we go. <laughs> Fucking drowning chicken over there. What the fuck? From Polygon.com. This August, writer Al Ewing will take the reins of Marvel Comics' God of Thunder with Immortal Thor number one. Speaking to Polygon via email, Ewing said the book's title is his version of throwing down a gauntlet. If he has his way, Immortal Thor won't just equal Immortal Hulk, it will surpass it. Putting Immortal on a book I'm writing is a promise to the reader and to myself, Ewing wrote. I was the one who pitched the title, not editorial, not anyone else, and it was basically a self-challenge. Can I do a book like that again? Can I do my end of it better this time? I have to try because the alternative is just lie down and let the grass grow where I fell. 
Hulk was horror and tragedy, he told Polygon, but Thor la Thor tacks more towards fantasy and hope. Bruce Banner is fractured by his origin, going through a hell of his own making to gain the power of a monster. Don Blake becomes the person he truly is inside, and in doing so gains the power of a god. An unconventional god, long hair in the early 60s was more of a flex than we might credit, though I do remember Jane fantasizing about giving him a haircut. To put my biblical hat on for a second, if Immortal Hulk was the Old Testament, Immortal Thor is the New Testament. As for Immortal... As for Immortal Hulk's Hulk-size length, Ewing says he already has a rough map to Immortal Thor number 50 and hopes the series can go on even longer. He is joined on the book by artist Martin Cocolo from Deadpool on interiors and Matt Wilson from Thor on colors. Just as with Immortal Hulk, legendary painter Alex Ross, the GOAT, will be providing cover art for each issue. Ross consulted on Thor's costume design for the series, a new take on the Kirby classic, as Ewing put it. Readers looking forward to Immortal Thor will want to pick up Marvel's Thor Annual Number 1, hitting stands on July 5th. That issue will have a bridging story, linking the end of the current Thor series, written by Tornin Gorenbeck from Mighty Valkyries, and drawn by Juan Gideon from Jurassic League, to Immortal Thor's starting point. That said, Ewing noted that new readers will find it easy to pick up Immortal Thor Number 1 and start reading. Oh, yeah, let's fucking go, dude. Right? Uh, the cover you shared, I don't really like. What? Uh, his face looks really fucked up with the lightning. There's, n- there's not enough blue on that face. Ah, shut up. As soon as I read this article, I called a local comic shop. It was like, yeah, put this on my pull list. I want it so bad. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. My only hope is this time... His artist doesn't turn out to be a massive anti-Semite like it did on Mortal Hulk. My one opinion. Of course you had something weird like that to include. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. That's why the run got ended early. Fucking weirdo. It's true! Can you include the one bit of news I didn't include? Superman. Oh, I don't remember the specifics on this, but uh, the original uh, Fleischer Superman cartoons are getting remastered and released on Blu-ray, and I'm really fucking excited. because. Fuck! Wait, ah, uh, ah. Uh. The, the names look really old. Yeah, the Fletcher cartoons. Yeah, because I never remember his name. Yeah, I'm oh, super excited. I'm horny. Yes, I'm hoping that the remaster isn't total ass because there's been a lot of that, but if they're done well, I buy. I buy very much. I love those. I grew up watching those yeah. in black and white, even. Yeah. I used to, I, during the theme song, I would hold the fucking pose like such a nerd. Dude, who did it? I mean, come on. You're a kid. Who did it? The Fleischer suit is one of my favorite Superman suits of like, is, all time. It is, it is really good. I look forward to this immensely. I don't remember any further details. It might already be out in this very moment, but I want to buy it. And I hope it's a reasonable price, because there weren't even that many of those cartoons. All right. Moving on. We are going to talk about Star Wars Visions Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6. So, Episode is uh, episode 5 is Journey to the Dark Head. A hopeful mechanic and disillusioned young Jedi team up for a risky and unlikely quest to turn the tide of all the galactic war, but dark forces tailed them. I fell asleep through this episode, not once, 
But twice. Seriously? Wait, this is the one where it opens up with like her in a, like a monastery, right? Yeah. yeah, no, this one was a really good one. I really like this I, one. I don't know what it was. I couldn't stay awake. I'm sorry. I really like this one. I wasn't I really like... I didn't, I didn't love it, but like no. I really it's liked this one. It's not Ronin levels, but... No, yeah. but I, I liked this one. One, it was nice to still have one done by an anime studio in this current batch. Mm -hmm. Um, just as a nice little throwback, I switched it over to Japanese just for this one episode because I'm special. Um, I thought the action was absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, it was great. It looked great, and the voice acting wasn't annoying, which is not something I say a lot about anime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought this one was fantastic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't you fell asleep twice. What? It's like 15 minutes long. How'd you do that? 20. He's old. I know he's old, but Jacob, stop watching things at two in the morning. Watch them in the middle of the day. You goofball. You can't be like me, okay? Stop trying to be like me. You can't. You can't be him. You, you will not be him. You can't. He is him. I am him. I was first. You are taking after me. That is true. Wrong. The next episode, episode six, was the spy dancer. The premier dancer at a famous Imperial oh. frequented cabaret uses her unique skill set to spy for the rebellion, but the presence of a mysterious officer threatens to derail her mission. The art was hot. I didn't expect to like this one as much as I did. It's definitely not on my favorite list, but it looked really good. Of the, course Spencer would like this. It's the, really about the, rebels. The, the stormtroopers kind of bugged me because they didn't have like enough detail. They looked like... Marshmallow Peep versions of Stormtroopers, but everything else looked really, really good. That was probably my favorite part was how the Stormtroopers were, I'm like, they, they, it's so simplified, it's perfect. It definitely came up, it almost felt like Sharpie lines, kind of. That's why I love it. I, I really liked the stylings of it. I didn't love all the voice acting, and the story was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Pretty basic. But it was about I just wanted to talk about. I just wanted to rant about the art. The it's so just, it's so pretty. It is so pretty. Also, the coloring. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I oh. This season is turning out so much better than I was yep. expecting. I hate that we don't have much to talk about, but I like that we're actually enjoying these episodes. <sighs> I think it, I think it goes a little downhill from here. Great. Except for me being. Well, we'll find out next week. Shut yeah. your mouth. No spoilers. Okay. Shh. I'm not gonna spoil it. I was just gonna say maybe um, after the first one that we're gonna be talking about next next time. Okay. I I yeah. It's very pretty. It was nice. It didn't overstay its welcome. I I saw the twist coming a mile away, but like, <clears throat> it's a short. It's not supposed to be anything super complex. The music was really nice too, as well. It went well with the 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 performance. I love shit in Star Wars in cabarets. It's very horny. I just liked her spinning around and and the stuff is big and pillowy and she's throwing little listener devices at everybody. That That's very cool. funny. Yes. Wicked cool. Dancer go boo 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 boo. <sighs> Jacob. Ah! Jacob is pulling out a brown paper bag. It's a stairway to heaven bag. That's suspicious. What is in the bag? I read two things Colin's never heard of. Okay. The first one, I read Geiger, written by Jeff Johns and... Wait, let me pull up the credits. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank and colored by Brad Anderson. Uh, it is the post-apocalyptic world of 2030. Um, the, the nukes have gone off and it's kind of like a Mad Max world. And people are trying to survive. And apparently the football. The football. The football. Not the sport ball game, but the football that the president has. That is the key to all the nukes in the world or something. 
uh, is like the most prized possession of this post-apocalyptic world and uh, the self-made king of this world wants control of the football because nukes I love nukes uh, there is a guy that is kind of like a, a legend people have heard of him he's the glowing man but nobody really knows anything about him uh, it's um he it's, drank um, too many too many glow sticks it's uh, someone Geiger and he drank too many glow sticks no uh, he had the cancer and he was getting the cancer treatment and then the nuke went off but because he already had nukes in him he became the nuke man Oh shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like this. I so, told you I picked him a good birthday present. After Nuke, after the bombs went off, there was some doctor that was like, "No, no, no, this makes sense." And he has um um, I forget what element it is, like two bars that he puts into his back, and when he it, that helps him control his nucleism. So when he takes those bars out of his back, he becomes the glowing man, and he has two, like, daredevil nunchucks that he's, like, throwing at people and beating the crap out of people with. It's so cool! <laughs> <laughs> the nuke man. Um, the best part is the artwork. He, the, 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 the nuke man looks so cool. It's just a glowing skull. And, well, I guess, I guess a glowing skeleton with a cape. Gary and, like, Frank is, like, one of the goats. All of his clothes burn off except for his cape because that's cool. It is cool. <laughs> it is cool. Um, he goes on an adventure with a couple of kids trying to save them because they have control of the football and uh, the bad king of the world is bad. And... I love the bad king of the world is bad and evil and evil <laughs> and not pleasant not good not nice not nice very mean he kills puppies this collects Geiger issues one through six before I even had my hands on this book uh, I saw social media posts saying that he is back he's coming back very very soon they're making another run of Geiger it, I believe also got uh, put on I think Prime is doing an, an adaptation, I think. Intriguing. Might be wrong. Might be wrong. <clears throat> the only yikesy thing about this <gasps> is that they are trying to do the MCU of comics. So you see this timeline shows all kinds of different characters, and one of those characters pops up in the story, and they're trying to do an all-interconnected, like, eight, character different run storyline through a whole universe yeah that's jeff johns for you yeah <clears throat> i heard junkyard joe is really good you didn't need to know who junkyard joe was to understand what was happening in this book it was very enjoyable cover price is 10 bucks i got it for free for my birthday from spencer and colin and i very much appreciate it i am literally the wife in this relationship great <laughs> i bought the gift you didn't even know what it was great. i, it was I didn't us. even know that i spent money on a gift i forgot about that i was like you're like, I, I I told you I'd get him a good gift, and I was thinking, shit, did I get him a gift? That was months ago. I feel ago. like a bad friend. Was when that... was his birthday? I don't know these things. And then you said my name, I'm like, I don't remember that. Good book. Gary Frank, the goat. You're welcome, son. <laughs> Spencer, what did you do this week? <laughs> I'm sure you did a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, these I covers are so cool, too. Yeah. Speaking of Jeff Johns, uh, I read Forever Evil. It is. Read it. Oh my god. 
It is a DC comic event crossover. It is uh, part of the New 52 era of DC Comics. It's like the fifth point five Justice League trade, kind of. It's between a couple of books. Uh, it's about the... Uh, Squadron Supreme? No, that's Marvel? Duh. What's this? I'm Hold sorry. on. Is What's it Squadron called? Supreme Star Wars? No, nah, no. That's, that's a rogue squadron. Hold on, mm. I'm stupid. Edit this out. Nope. I'm retarded. I forgot their names already. The name changes all the fucking time. The Crime Syndicate. They're from Earth 3. Uh, and oh. they're, they're the Justice League, but bad. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're analogs of different Justice League members, but they're bad. Their powers are kind of topsy-turvy. So Ultraman, which is their version of Superman, he needs to eat the kryptonite to gain power <laughs> and so on. Um, lots of weird stuff. Power Ring is their Green Lantern, except he's a weakling and the ring is actually killing him. Blah, 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 blah. Oh. Um, so yeah, this was a, this is primarily a Lex Luthor focused book. Uh, basically the premise is what if the Justice League was bad, but from another earth and they killed all the good guys and then the bad guys had to fight the other more bad guys. So the, the, the head honcho bad guys from, you know, earth prime, earth one, whatever, uh, Lex Luthor, Black Adam, uh, Joker. No, no, no. Um, the, the not entirely insane ones. The bad guys, but you are not bad guy, except Lex Luthor has probably murdered babies. Oh, like, I thought you were talking about how they were fighting their version of the Justice League. They, the good, the, like, how the bad guys in our world are the good guys in their world? No, not entirely. So, the group of, of quote-unquote, our, our world's bad guys have to fight off this invading force from another timeline. Um, the oh. Justice League is apparently dead for the most part, which is not true, but they're based, they're assumed dead. So it's a bunch of, bunch of villains teaming up together and being like, okay, we don't actually want to destroy Earth. We just want to control it. So we should probably kill these guys. Um, it starts off really rough. It's very exposition heavy and it has a few too many tie-ins for my liking in other books I don't have access to. So there's a lot of stuff going on that you're not privy to until it's told to you in an exposition dump, which is a little annoying, um, in the, especially in the front half. So there's just a lot of details you kind of skim over. Um, but it is primarily a Lex Luthor book, which is really cool. It's about, about you know how his brain works, you know his relationship with Earth and mankind and stuff. Um, I do wish it was more self-contained. You can definitely just read this book and grasp the whole thing, but some Wikipedia surfing might help, um, or reading any of the companion tie-in issues. Um, the dialogue is all fine. It's mostly functional. There's not a lot that's super memorable, but it's all okay. Uh, Lex Luthor does get the most amount of page time, so a lot of his stuff is better. Um... Uh, the big twist, I guess, it, this is like a 10-year-old book, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, the only quote-unquote good guy on Earth 3 is Alexander Luthor, but he has Shazam powers. And he's still bad, but he's just a different type of bad. So he, he's still bad. The whole, that whole timeline is just fucked. Um, so he is like the actual bad guy who comes in, and they have to fight him, and Lex Luthor is like, yeah, well, I'm actually better than you because you don't shut the fuck up, and then he kills him. It's a whole thing. Um, it's Le smarmy Lex Luthor against smarmy Lex Luthor. It's really fun. Um, the art is really nice. It's done by David Finch. He doesn't do the best faces, so there's a little bit of inconsistencies there, and it is very New 52-looking, if that makes any sense. Like, the early 2010s 
kind of digital coloring, very line accentuated looking outfits vibe is definitely there, but I did like most of it, um, aesthetically speaking. The squadron su crime syndicates costumes are all really cool and unique. Um, they definitely look evil. There's a weird love triangle between their version of the Trinity. That's very fun. Um, it's good. It's very good. Uh, it definitely snowballs in quality. At the beginning, it can get... The first two issues is pretty hard to get into, but once you get going, it gets really exciting by the end of it. Um, I picked it up for about 20 bucks on a trade via Jetpack. I recommend buying it. It's definitely worth a read. I do want to read the tie-ins just to see what other stuff I missed there. Um... And these characters do pop up from time to time after this event. Some other random times, they'll just be like, I'm actually the bad Batman from the other timeline. Lamau, get fucked. So, that's fun. Solid book. Average Jeff Johns type book, to be entirely honest. It's very Jeff Johnsy. That's good. It's a vibe thing. Colin! So, I recently uh, finished Vagabond Volume 1, the, uh, the, uh, the Viz... The Big Viz books? That's not a Jeff Johns book. You're supposed to do a Jeff Johns book. No, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Who said I could? I had to do that, fucker? Yeah, me. Go lick some boots. Uh, Vagabond is a Japanese epic martial arts manga series written and illustrated by Taikako, Taikako Inyo, something like that. Um, I can't... I, I may say some things in Japanese, but I cannot do all the names. I am sorry. Uh, it portrays a fictionalized account of the life of a Japanese swordsman known as Musashi Miyamoto, based on <laughs> Yaiji uh, Yoshikawa's novel Musashi. Um, this pl takes place, obviously, in feudal Japan, um, where uh, two young samurais or young men want to become famous samurais and they get caught up in the entanglements of um this woman who um goes to the feet to like the battlegrounds uh, and takes all the weapons and armors of the dead soldiers along with her daughter who helps her and they sell them and they get their riches that way um and me, uh, Musashi and, or actually right now he is named Taikazo, something like that. Musashi and his friend are trying to escape the war, basically. Um, and they have this entanglement, fight bandits, blah, blah, blah. The mom and the daughter leave with the friends because the mom wanted Musashi, but he said, no woman, I want to be samurai. And, um, they leave. Musashi goes back to his village to tell his mother and uh, his friend's fiance that they are going that 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 he left. He's not dead. He's alive, but he's out there being a whore. Um, but he's still being hunted, and this ends up into a journey of him becoming a better person because oh he's just been beating the shit out of people with this uh, f like wooden sword. Like he's been crushing their skulls with this. Like it's just a giant fucking club. And this was weird reading. Actually, no. I went back to this because I was watching uh, the Samurai Trilogy, Musashi Miyamoto, the first movie. And it was vaguely sim uh, familiar. I was like, why does this seem fam familiar? Because it's exactly Vagabond. I'm like, I'm confused. 
why are these the same? And I found out, oh, they're based off of, like, the, the real Musashi Miyamoto. I thought this was a fake person. Um, so I've been watching and reading this at the same time, and it's the weirdest shit. Manga's obviously better than, like, the old 60s samurai movies, but I can't help it. I, I love the 60s samurai movies. They're still fucking amazing. The second one's way better. But uh, Vagabond is just illustrates the emotions and... Um, the energy of the characters way better, obviously, because it's newer and people just understand how to do that stuff better. Um, I just bought the second book that'll be coming in soon, and I rate this book a, um, uh, seven Miyamoto's out of seven Musashi's. Wow. How much did you spend for the first book? Uh, I was like... 20 bucks, 25, somewhere in that range. I bought it online as well because I, they don't have it anywhere. Mm. They don't have it at Stairway, Jetpack, um, Barnes and Noble, nowhere. I can't find Vagabond. I can't find the first couple. I mean, I know uh, Stairway to Heaven has a couple, but they're like, it starts at seven and there's 12 of them. It's one of those books that you read and it's like, fits in the same crowd as people that read Vinland Saga and Berserk. It's like, that... Yeah, that It's tracks. like, that. that's the big three. It's Vinland Saga, Berserk, and um, uh, Vagabond. So, of course, I'm I'm reading Vagabond, because I've already watched the first couple seasons of Vinland, and I'm starting to read it. And, of course, I'm reading Berserk as, as well. Spencer just deep-throated a Sharpie. He does that. <laughs> I think he's trying to get high. Yes, he is. Why would I... No, that's not how that works. If you I wanted to get you, high, I would just keep listening to you talk about the next book that you, if you read. If you, you tickle the, the cock and ball at the back of your throat with a Sharpie, you get high on the fumes. I don't think that's how that works. Have you tried it? Then you can't prove me wrong. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Jacob, you're next. I can watch this no longer. I fucking would. I know you fucking would, you retard. Oh my word. Autism. <laughs> Max, his brainworms are winning this war. They're fighting with the snail that's damaged in my ear. He's already gotten beat real hard. That's a new one, the snail in the ear. It's the ear yeah, drum. the cochlea. Have you know, know what eardrums look like? My eardrums fucked. Have I not mentioned this? I probably fucking forget. I have to delete shit in my brain. There's no room. That's true. No room. Brainworm. He's eating all your B12. What's that? I read The Me You Love in the Dark, uh, written Ooh. by Scotty Young and art by Jorge Corona. Okay. Colors by Jean-Francois Valéon. I know those names. What? I know names. I know those names. What the? What, what prompted you to pick this up? Uh, the art inside was pretty. <laughs> All right. All right, fair. It was on the um, the rack in in Stairway to Heaven comics where they're like, check out this writer, and they have like four books, or this artist, and they have four books. So I was like, I don't know what that is. It's an image book. So I picked it up. Uh, an artiste has to get away from her life, and she finds a haunted house to rent, and she's like, yeah, this will inspire me to get a painting out. And everybody's like, but it's haunted. And she's like, I don't care. And she's kind of talking to thin air. And she's like, man, I hope this place is haunted 
maybe the ghost will inspire me to make a cool painting. And it turns out, there's a ghost. Holy fucking shit. In the house. But what if the ghost was inside her all along? That happens too. <laughs> there's a sex scene between her and a ghost. I would believe that. I think Jacob's joking. That, that look he just gave me said that he's not joking, actually. Oh, my. He wasn't joking. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, honestly. Wood. 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 Yeah, wood. Wood smash. Wood smash. Um, and then it turns out the ghost is mean and bad and tries to hold her inside the house. And then she escapes. This book felt like it was trying to say things about stuff. <laughs> I love it when you say things it's like trying that. Trying to say things about stuff. I love that. And it's too many beans for Jacob. He doesn't like beans. really did not do it well. I can see what it was going for. It's got notes about depression and... I don't even remember what else. It's trying... To be like, this is what the struggle of a failing artist is like. Uh, I know, I know. There's a nipple. <laughs> oh, very nice. That explains why... That explains why it's an image book. There's a nipple in it. That's extremely titillating. <laughs> That's a shame. I, I like Scotty Young. That's kind Ooh. of a shame. Ooh. Um... Ooh. Five issues. I really appreciated how the ghost was portrayed. Uh, he was only kept in the dark. Uh, but when she's looking at him, there's like no form. But then when her back is turned, it's really big and um, very uh, Lovecraftian with like tentacles and eyes everywhere and spooky. Uh, so that was pretty cool. The progression of their relationship was dumb. Jacob does not like ghost sex. It was just, it was really trying to talk about, like, real issues. And it just turned into a boring ghost story. And it kind of sucked. Shame. Five issues. Uh, cover price is $17. Meh. Nah. Nah. Shame. I think I gave it two out of five stars on Goodreads. Maybe three. Damn. You know what I read? Which no. also takes place in a spooky house. I read The Nice House on the Lake. <gasps> Let me say that again. <sighs> so I actually read this a little while ago, and yeah. I was debating whether or not I wanted to talk about it on the show, because yeah. Jacob talked about it pretty recently, yeah. but I decided that I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So I read both trades, I borrowed them from Jacob, so yeah. thusly they were free, so absolute huge win here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's written by James Tynan IV, one of my current favorite writers, kind of, of all time, uh, with art by Al Alvaro Martinez Buena. Uh, it is a... Uh, 12-issue series about a group of friends and adjacent acquaintances of one person in the middle of the group who are all called to a single location for a retreat, trip, vacation thing, and some shit happens. 
And then the book stays with them in this one location for a large amount of un, kind of unspecified time. Um, there's a lot in this book. I really think Colin will like it, so I still don't want to spoil it yet. It's still fairly new. Um, well, I'm sorry, what's it called? I was the, trying to get my, my, my synopsis ready. The Nice House on the Lake. Why does that sound familiar? Because Jacob talked about it like a month ago, and it's a very popular series that just finished. And it's my book of the year so far. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the characters are all really interesting. I do think the... I have a couple of criticisms, which are fairly minor, but I think the cast is a little too big. Some of the characters feel slightly redundant and not in an intentional way. Um, it can just be a lot to keep track of. I kept going back to the introduction page, uh, the first couple of pages where the characters were all introduced with their short little blurb um, about, you know, their backstory, how they relate to X, Y, and Z characters and whatnot. Um, just to kind of keep track of it, it was a lot. Um, because Jacob kind of prepared me for how much of it was going to be confusing, I was a little, I was, I was well prepared for it, so it's not like I was overwhelmed. It just is a lot to keep track of. To be fair, though, I did the same thing of, like, I kept referring to that introductory page but also, I was trying to dig into it a lot more and be like, okay, so, like, like the strings and the tacks on the wall of who connects to who and, like, trying to find all the missing details because it's kind of a mystery of, like... Because, you, yeah, and the characters to... do it in the story, too. Yeah, so I was trying to find something that ended up not being there. Yeah, um, the main lead, or at least the lead at the beginning of the series, I do think is underdeveloped. It is somewhat intentional. There's a story reason for it. I just don't think it works. Um, yeah. They're just a bit flat. Um, the other two and a half characters that kind of take lead more towards the end of the series are far more interesting, and I think it would have been a better idea to focus on them from the beginning, just to not waste time. Um, the character interactions are all really cool and interesting. There's a lot of really good character work. They all have unique voices, blah, 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 that thing I love talking about. Um, the art across the board is fantastic. It's very... I don't even know how to describe the art, honestly. It's just really good. It's really good. It's got a lot... It, it has enough uncanny valleyness to it where it makes the scant horror elements extremely impactful, but it also feels very human, which is really nice. The coloring, I believe, is Jordi Belair, and it's fantastic. Um, what was my other note? I had, like, one other note. Um, the mystery in and of itself, like, the core mystery of the story was really well done. I was extremely interested, and when it reveals details and kind of takes the wind out of this the mystery it still has momentum it it reveals the big thing not even halfway through it but it continues to pull you in with other ancillary questions it doesn't just answer the big question and leave it at that it it engages your reaction is not oh it's like what what the fuck how does that work? Yeah, exactly. And it, it keeps engaging your brain in other ways, which I think is really well done. Um, that also ends not on a cliffhanger, but in an, a spot where it's clear that there are either plans or intentions to make further stories, either with the uh, mostly similar cast or a different group of characters. I'm not entirely sure. And that am, was where I made sad noises. That was my I, only negative point. <laughs> I am totally fine if the story ends here because I think it hits on a lot of really interesting themes and and um, 
just cool beans, all the good shit that I love. It's very head up ass in a good way. Um, and I think it has enough enough closure and conclusion and actual things to say. It doesn't just leave it up to interpretation and go, there you go. Well, the thing, the life sucks. Like it actually does have points. It just doesn't beat you to death with them. Um, I would like a, an additional story or 10, but if not, such as the, such as the way the cookie crumbles, um, it only recently wrapped up a few months ago. So there's still plenty of time that DC might capitalize on this. Cause this is under their black label imprint, just as one of their horror comics. Um, and Tynan is a blockbuster writer right now. So I think they're going to do it, but I, I want them to announce it sooner rather than later. Yes. So I got these for free from Jacob. If they collect this in one singular book, I will buy it. I don't want to buy two trades of it, especially if we get more stories. I want it in one book and then I will buy it. Very sexy. Yes. You will like it. I probably will. What is your last talking point? My last talking point is a movie that disappointed me. <gasps> uh, District 9. What? What? Hot 30, take city over here, bitch! 30 years ago, aliens arrive on Earth. Not to conquer or give aid, but to find refuge from the dying planet separated from humans in a South African area called District 9. The aliens are managed by Multinational United, which is unconcerned with the aliens' welfare, but will do anything to master their advanced technology. When a company field agent, uh, Charlto Copley, contracts a mysterious virus, virus contracts a mysterious virus that begins to alter his DNA, there's only one place he can hide, District 9. Alright, so... You had better defend that hot take, motherfucker. I got bored. Um, so I really liked the way it was a documentary and, and how it started out and we got to learn about these aliens and how it's just aliens are like, it, uh, uh, how do I explain it? I like that the aliens are there for refuge. Like they literally can't do shit. They're all just like workers basically on this ship. They don't know what anything is and they love cat food or yeah cat food um and i did enjoy how i enjoyed how much i hated watching um what, what are they called multinational united uh mnu were going through the district nine and basically telling people that they need to leave and saying that hitting the contract was signing it. And I was like, wow, these are pieces of fucking shit. And then I find out that our main character, the one I hated the most, is the main character. I'm like, oh my fuck. Am I supposed to feel bad for this guy? Even though, like, yeah, it, it's still just a human, but he's also still a piece of shit. And his, then his, um, what what's his face? His father-in-law is a piece of shit, and he's just using him for the government and shit or whatever. Like... It just pissed me off the entire fucking movie. I wanted to see more of the alien stuff, and it's just... I don't know, it just felt lacking to me, I guess, in what I wanted to see. It's not a bad movie in any way, shape, or form, I'll tell you that. It's just disappointed me, and I got bored, and it didn't fill all my needs, I guess, that I was expecting. I was expecting it to be like a super hate cops movie, which it was a little bit, and I was excited, but it just wasn't, it wasn't more hate cops for me, you know? 
I guess. You are a silly boy. I guess I went like a little bit full Spencer. You kind of did. Yeah. I love that movie. I'm sorry. It holds up so well. It's like 15 years old. There's a lot of CGI that was really shit, but like that's not, that's, that's not that's mostly, not important that's mostly because it's like a dirt cheap budget. You know what's funny? I probably would have enjoyed the movie more if all the aliens were like practical like dummy suits or something. That is true. That would have been so cool. But my favorite part of the movie was a little baby alien. He's like, uh, like trying to hang out with a dude that I hate, and the dad's like, yeah, he likes you. He says you're like him or whatever. He's like, you got arm like me. This is a ship. This is how we do these things. We can't do it because we don't have the fuel. You're very silly. I like the little baby boy. Um, yeah, that's my hot take, and I don't really have much else to say about Fucking it. Fucking cringe, bro. <laughs> cringe. It's one of my favorite Alien movies. Good for you. We should make him watch Chappie next. I actually like Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually kind of like Chappie. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's got like a... Chappie's got like a... Like a 3 out of 7 for me. Wow. Damn. Well... You know what's better than a 3 out of 7? What's that? Our patrons. Over at patreon.com forward slash Dime Comic Bros Network. Oh yeah, those bozos. Those bozos give us money. They, they do. give us the, the cashola. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bozos. Uh, Caitlin and Jeff Lawrence like giving us support, which we greatly appreciate. If you want to help support this show, help us keep pumping out quality content like it's getting milked out of us. Uh, then you can go over to our Patreon and give us some support financially. We have a bunch of different tiers with different cool rewards, a bunch of artwork done by Colin. There's cool art prints and commission stuff. We got bookmarks. We got stickers. All sorts of fun stuff. Uh, also, a thank you to our partners over at Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, that's our go-to comic book shop. You should always support your local comic shop. Don't buy your comics online whenever humanly possible. I try not to, but it yeah. sucks sometimes. It does suck sometimes. Uh, they do special orders in, in addition to all the stuff that they have in the store. So if you want to get a hold of something, they're more than happy to give you a hand with that. They got comic issues, back issues, specialty covers, old stuff, new stuff, all sorts of crazy fun shenanigans. Mm. Next week... We are going to be talking about a couple more episodes of Star Wars Visions, as well as Neon Genesis Evangelion, the television series. Oh, oh, oh. I wouldn't make those noises exactly, but Mummy sure. Misato. Oh, gosh. So we'll be getting up to that next week, so make sure you tune in for that. I didn't even use my opening joke. Do it now. I went to the adult movie theater this week. Because it's been a while since I've seen Shrek. And it turns out the only showings are on Wednesdays. Why Wednesday? I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, you know what I really wanted to talk about? I really, but I haven't finished them. And so there's one show that I wanted to talk about, but it's, I haven't finished it. Or it's not done yet. It's the new uh, Tarkovsky. That's how you say his name? Yeah, it's, um... Uh, the, it's the yeah, Unicorn Warrior yeah. Eternal. Yeah, I have not checked it out yet. It it's good. It does look good. I like it. He's such a weird man. Uh, Russians, is, Russians are fucking weird. cracked. Also, I started watching Spawn, the yeah, animated that is show. That's a... Because they keep... I've been getting clips on TikTok about it. I'm like, why? It's good. And then they show, like, Doomer, like, 
do more videos of Doom or of uh, the, the Spawn. I'm like, whoa. I started watching. I'm on episode two. I'm like, damn, this shit's kind of good. Why is it good? Because it's good. And also because it doesn't have a lot of direct involvement from Todd McFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though he's in the opening. Yes. Like, Before you episode. got here, Spencer was saying that of all the characters, you are the violator. <laughs> the little short guy? Yeah, the, the little clown? demon thing. Yeah. No. I yeah, know, that's what I said too. Yeah, you were. Like, no. You are the violator. That is, like, really rough. He is. No. He violates people. Of course he's rough. Yeah, that's... And you may as well call your character the rapist. Yeah, I would Therapist? <laughs> Definitely include, like, all of that. I would. You no, know, I would not be the violator. Thank you for backing me up. Wow. You can't even take a fucking joke. Mm. Up the ass. Oh, my asshole hurts. She yeah. would know. But they're a fucking she high, also, they're a hive mind, so. She also likes alt goth baddies, so like... Well, yeah, sure. so she's biased. Well, yeah. She's biased. Yeah. 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 Next week is gonna Mommy! Be <laughs> That's all I care about is mommy and the other mommy. The blonde mommy and the purple hair mommy. Mommy Misato. Mommy Misato. It's in my brain now. You're I don't welcome. remember saying it the first time, um, but... Um, he said that, like, two or three years ago, and every time I watch it, I, I hear him saying Masato, Mommy Masato, every fucking time. Yeah, I too. don't remember saying it. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said it first. <laughs>